Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here, and I am recording back in Las Vegas, Nevada. I got back to the States last week, and man, it's been... I hit the ground running almost from the moment I landed on Thursday. LYF, we collaborated with Jessica Manalo on her EP release, and Sonia Barcelona as well, over at Ferguson, and it was such a good time. Everybody was dressed up for Halloween. There was some tarot card reading, some massage with Phil. We had our merch there, and it was a lovely time. Just getting to see new old faces, people I haven't seen in a bit, and just letting the, having a space for the community to enjoy. I had some friends um, over at the Mojave Center. Shout out to them. They're a nonprofit. And what they're doing is they're building earth dome structures just like about an hour and a half away from Vegas. And they're doing such good work. I last saw them in spring and they had built uh, one very large earth dome. And if you don't know what the earth domes are, they're like, they're homes, but they're pretty much built with earth material, very natural process. It takes a a lot of humans to create but it's so amazing because they're very resilient they're really good for heat resistance and so it's amazing if you're into like earth structure design i highly recommend checking them out you can find them at mojave center on instagram and then their website's mojavecenter.org but yeah, I love supporting them and they yeah, have so big group of their team they came down and yeah, it was wonderful. And then on Friday, we actually had our very first workshop with a hospitality company that we're going to start working with and doing some self-care enrichment style workshops with their team. And then, of course, over the weekend, there was Halloween and my friends at the Mojave Center, they also had a fundraiser on Halloween. So it's been really good. <laughs> I've been getting to see a lot of people that I adore here in the community but I'm also happy to just slow down now because I feel like I said I feel like I've been flying ever since I got back to Vegas but yeah so anyway 
little rant. Today's episode, I'm going to be introducing the new theme of the month, which is on support. That's what we're going to be focusing on for November. So all the things that uh, relate to that from, again, supporting ourselves through transition, supporting each other, supporting the community, supporting Earth, but the importance of also knowing when it's time to ask for help. And I think that is something that a lot of us, I know I have, that I've struggled with in my life where, and I know I've talked about this previously, where you just feel like you can get through it alone or thoughts like, oh, I don't want to bother anybody and realizing that we really do need one another for our survival as uh, social creatures that we are. And I think that the more that we are able to bring and ask for help, the greater the connections are made with our friends, with our loved ones. Because I think at the end of the day, people, I know I do, I want to feel useful, especially with people that I love. And if I can be there for them, it means a lot to me. And there's been many moments where perhaps one of my best friends, they've needed my assistance. And I feel so good giving that back, especially when they've been there for me through difficult times. So of course, as humans, we can be very stubborn sometimes and we may not want to admit when we do need that extra help. But with the people that we love, the people that love us, they're there for that. And it's almost like people want to. And of course, there's always a balance because you also, I know that you don't want to be completely dependent on other people. That's why it's very important to instill good habits for yourself and practices so you can become resilient and but there's a time and place there's just times where no matter what perhaps something bad has happened and you might write it out you might do some art maybe you go to some there to a friend but it might take going to a therapist to really help you get through some of those mental blocks to really make some break some groundwork so wherever you're at in your life with this sit with it and perhaps even write write down what you are going through and then if these if whatever it is that you're going through keeps persisting and then that might be a good indicator when it's time to ask for help so i think some signs to look out for if you're like in that oh i don't know if i should go to therapy or not i think these are some good indicators that might indicate, you know what, it's time to go. I think once you've done, if if you already have like healthy habits in your life where you're eating well, you have good exercise, maybe you write or have some form of expression. But I think if there's a month that goes by and these thoughts, maybe just really harsh thoughts keep persisting, even with the meditation, whatever the things you're doing, if they keep persisting, that's a good indicator that it's time to go to therapy. I think that, again, a lot of times, yes, these tools that we promote, especially here at LYF, are amazing because they can totally help you. But again, there's a time and place. And when the thoughts become too overbearing, that's a really, again, good indicator. You know what? It's time to go talk to a professional. And because it was just to have that soundboard of, a, of another human just listening to you, and especially professional that understands the minds, they're studying it, they know they can tell you what's going on. It's a good time to, for to do that transition. And I think monitoring your thoughts like when they're heavier is important because I think, I don't know, I've read a lot of books. <laughs> There's still more to be read. 
But I do believe that it sounds like that self-critic that we all have, it seems like it's there. But the more that we become friends with it, the easier it does become. But again, when those thoughts become too overbearing and too hard to handle on our own, then again, that's a good indicator, especially when any type of self-harm might be putting coming forward or just really extreme thoughts of putting yourself down, whatever it is. But if it starts to become, again, like too much, again, that's a time to just go talk to somebody and to just to help dissect it and understand the root. A lot of these thoughts that surface are manifested because of something that's happened to us. I mean, it could have been something when we're younger or even as an adult, but it's usually unresolved trauma that just gets built up and built up. And I like to think in metaphors a lot, but it's like anything. If, if we just allow the accumulation of what's a good metaphor to bring up? I don't know, even if we just see an accumulation of dust as an example, let's say in our bedroom, and there's you just start seeing those dust bunnies pile up and pile up and we know that it's not going to clean on its own right it's just not and the more that we allow that build up the bigger it's going to get until we make that decision to go in and clean and that's how i see when it comes to mental health and going to therapy it's making that active decision that you know what i'm gonna go in i know it's gonna hurt i know it's gonna be painful to relive whatever it is I don't want to bring up. But I know that by doing this, I'm cleaning myself up. And in a lot of ways, that's cleaning up our inner world. And there's a lot lot that I've read that sees us as human beings. We're just small little ecosystems. We have like our own internal system, our own pH levels, all of that super cool stuff, just like Earth. And as we clean up our inner world, we release that pollution. Just like Earth, when there's a buildup of trash and we go in and we help clean, we're allowing that cleaning process to accelerate. And Earth is super happy when we assist her in that. So that's why it's all so connected. The more that we clean up ourselves, the more everything around us is able to be clean. Because the more that we clean up our mind, the more that then we're able to help others clean up theirs. And then again the more that we become more aware of what we can do to help our dear planet. So again, wherever you're at and your cleaning process of self, I know it's not easy and I know it's scary at times, but just know that the help is there. The help is totally there and we're always there to help you. If you need a recommendation for a therapist, a type of mentor or a coach, we're there for you to help you in that journey of understanding what it is that that you need. But I wanted to read today, there's this book that's helped me a lot. It's called A Hidden Wholeness. It's by Parker Palmer. And I'm pretty sure I have talked about this book before. This book, as books usually do, came into my life at the right time. And it helped me to realize that I was going, this was back in 2017. And this book helped me to realize that I was going through a transition and that my mission in life was changing. And This book, actually, I read when I was going through really heavy thoughts, when I was going through the thoughts of suicidal ideation, actually. And at the time, I was going to a lot of therapy, and I was going to... I was just really leaning in on my spiritual practices and my mindfulness practices and all that. But this book shined so much light for me because it showed me that my soul just needed... was going through a big change and to trust in it and to realize that perhaps 
those thoughts were happening because I needed to change something in my life. And as a result, that's when all that transformation came through for me. So I love this book so dearly. Highly recommend. Again, it's called A Hidden Wholeness by Parker Palmer. And what he talks about in this book is all on the lines of support. And But what he's also doing is he's promoting this idea called circles of trust. And what a circle of trust is, it's you create it with a group of people that you feel that you don't feel judged by. And with these circles of trust, what it is is about coming together to read different prompts or it can be designed however you want but to read different prompts to help you in understanding what you might be going through but it's more about sharing and it's more about asking questions that aren't done to solve a person's problems but more so done to help a person understand what it is they're going through so even though the circle of trust is promoting coming together it's about witnessing every person's inner revelation on their own so it's a mixture of autonomy and at the same time feeling supported as you're understanding your own transformation that you're going through so i find it to be very powerful i've participated in a few circles of trust before and i think it's been very good for me and realizing yes i can lean on others for support but i can also have others there for me as i'm also understanding what it is that i'm going through So I think it's a very interesting way of, again, having support in your life, but at the same time, trusting yourself. Because I think so much of this is through therapy, through all the different modalities to help you in your journey of self-actualization and healing. I think anything that is done to promote you, to trust you more, is the best because ultimately it's your life and we don't want to create a codependent type of situation either because if we create that then how are you going to be able to get through things on your own too but of course it's like it depends where you're at especially like in times when I can say I've been when I've been in my darkest of moments I I needed a lot of hand-holding a lot of it from friends from family from therapists because it's moments where you just feel, I know I felt uh, very alone and almost like I couldn't do it by myself. And those moments, yeah, there's a lot of hand-holding because you freaking need it. It's what's the image that's coming to my mind right now. It's like when you're, let's say, and this has actually happened to me, I was hiking a volcano <laughs> in Costa Rica with my niece some years ago, and my parents were there too, and we made a couple friends as we were climbing this volcano and my parents had to stay back a little bit because it was just getting really intense and so then myself my niece and our two new friends we went up all the way up to the crater and it was it's one of those moments where you're I'm grateful of this help that came because we could have been very lost we had minimal things to survive too so it's one of those things where I realized the universe was definitely supporting (laughs) because how convenient we ended up finding a guide that was with a group and he was the one that told us pretty much how to make it down from the crater and thanks to him we didn't get lost and then as we were coming down near the crater and coming down the volcano there was a moment where we were all getting stuck in the mud and our shoes were like getting lost it was an ordeal and 
my friends, luckily, they were able to help me, help my niece get out of that mud. But it's one of those moments where I needed that help. I definitely needed their assistance to get me out of that mud. (laughs) So it's funny that image comes to my mind because I see it similarly as we're going through our own mental health um, journeys, our wellness journeys, that there are moments where we need to be held up by the people that we love and trust, by professionals and all that. I think that it's a good way, I, I think so anyway, of thinking about it when there's the time and place. But then if I think back on that hike after that, then there was definitely moments where I was good on my own. I needed that extra help getting through those muddy waters but then from the for the rest of it I had built up a lot of resilience on that hike and I was able to climb down and I felt very proud of myself for not giving up for doing it and I was also very also very grateful of the universe because I know that we were being protected clearly because we like I said we had minimal things for our own survival if anything else would have happened so yeah I th- again I think The key points to take away from what I'm saying is instilling healthy habits for ourselves every day. However, also recognizing the level of our negative thoughts and leaning in to understand them and having compassion, but also realizing the red flags of when it's time to go and get help. And the red flags are when just, again, if you realize there's like a buildup of negativity within yourself and a belt up of negative thought, perhaps after an event that's happened, or if this is something that's been going on for a long time, and if those thoughts are like keeping you up at night or waking you up in the middle of the night, or perhaps you're doing a task and whatever that negative, extreme negative thought comes in and it's overbearing, then that is a great indicator that it's time to go get some help. And I did want to promote this clinic that we've we collaborated with in the past they're called ohana wellness and you can look them up and they're based in las vegas and then i know that there's other applications like better help and i'll put these links too in case this is like news for folks but if you're in vegas ohana wellness is a new clinic that opened up actually as a result of the pandemic because there was such a i mean there still is such a high need for mental health support and a lot of times people weren't really knowing where to go and a lot of times too there's been a lot of folks popping up that potentially maybe don't have all their credentials but you definitely want to go to someone that is a professional that's trustworthy and that actually has the credentials that they're saying to help you that's so important because you don't want to be in the hands of someone that may not know how to help navigate through whatever it is that you might be going through so do your due diligence do your research when you're going to commit to a therapist of, of sorts and just know their licenses know all of that to make sure to, to look out for yourself and your well-being. So again, there's Ohana Wellness and then BetterHelp is a, an application that I believe, I haven't used it. I know other people that have that they help partner you up with some counselors and it's virtual. So that makes it a little bit easier. So again, I'll put those links down for you. And yeah, but then if you're looking for other type of support like coaches or anything like that, I will say that we have our membership program with OIF. So if you're looking more for a coach type of support, we have that. 
So if that's of interest to you, please reach out to us because we'd love to see how we can help you. Before we finish today, I wanted to read this little part from A Hidden Wholeness. And this is a part of this book that has stayed with me because I feel like it encapsulates very well the idea of supporting without being too overbearing to somebody, especially if they're like in a healthy place, like they're figuring it out. And in contrast to to what I was saying earlier, let's say when you're in that murkiness, then yeah, you need so much support to help you get through it. But then after you've built up a good regimen for yourself with realizing what are the tools that are good for you and, and you feel like you're in a good place, still needing that support is crucial. But for the folks supporting, it's important to remember to not overstep, right? Because we still need to foster an environment where the person can learn also the lessons for themselves because if they don't, then that doesn't help the person either. And of course, this is not in times of extreme need. If someone is going through suicidal ideation or more extreme things like that, then that's different. I'm talking more for other types of less life-threatening type of situation right where perhaps someone is learning how to effectively practice boundaries for themselves with an individual or let's say your friend is with somebody romantically that they really shouldn't be with and of course you see them going through the motions of it and you want to be able i know i've been there where i've wanted to be like come on just break up with the person but you know, uh, the person needs to go through their own therapy and through their own cycles to understand that too. And we can be there to support because we just, we can't do the work for other people. We all have to learn on our own. And so I think this little part from this book shows that very well. And I'm going to go ahead and read that and then talk a little bit about it. But again, this is an excerpt from A Hidden Wholeness by Parker Palmer. And so he's ta- the author's talking about something that he read in another book, and then he mentions it here. In Zarba the Greek, Nikos Kaczynski tells a tale about the way some efforts to help can do real harm. One morning, I discovered a cocoon in the bark of a tree, just as the butterfly was making a hole in the case preparing to come out. I waited a while, but it was too long, appearing, and I was impatient. I bent over it and breathed on it to warm it. I warmed it as quickly as I could, and the miracle began to happen before my eyes, faster than life. The case opened, the butterfly started slowly crawling out, and I shall never forget my horror when I saw how its wings were folded back and crumpled. The wretched butterfly tried with its whole body to unfold them, Bending over it, I'd try to help it with my breath in vain. It needed to be hatched out patiently, and the unfolding of the wings would be a gradual process in the sun. Now it was too late. My breath had forced the butterfly to appear all crumpled. Before its time, it struggled desperately, and a few seconds later, died in the palm of my hand. That little body is, I do believe, the greatest weight I have on my conscience. For I realize today that it is a mortal sin to violate the great laws of nature. We should not hurry, we should not be impatient, but we should confidently obey the eternal rhythm. On rare occasions, we may need to breathe someone into life who is incapacitated in a way that threatens his or her well-being. But most people can and must come to life in their own way and time 
And if we try to help them by hastening the process, we end up doing harm. In a circle of trust, as two or more solitudes protect and border and salute each other, we are given the freedom to live our own lives by the great laws of nature and to learn how to live them more deeply. There is a sharper point, sharper way to point this out. A love that respects the other solitudes offers a hedge against amateur psychotherapy, abomination that has created many circles of distrust. A circle of trust is not a therapy group. It is not facilitated by a professional therapist, and its members do not have a therapeutic contract with each other. In an age when therapy is practiced without credentials, competence, or invitation, the image of two solitudes protecting, bordering, and saluting each other can help keep us from falling into the common form of interpersonal violence. The second reason this sort of love makes the soul feel safe is the hedge it provides against benign neglect. When we understand that our efforts to help other people can be unhelpful or worse, we may start to avert our eyes from their struggles and pains, not knowing what to do and embarrassed by our own ineptitude. If our efforts to fix others do help them and might even harm them, what is left except to walk away? Rilke's image of love offers us a third possibility. Instead of fixing up or letting down people who have a problem, we stand with simple attentiveness as the borders of their solitude, trusting that they have within themselves whatever resources they need and that our attentiveness can help bring them those resources into play. A circle of trust consists of relationships that are neither invasive nor evasive. In this space, we neither invade the mystery of another's true self nor evade another's struggles. We stay present to each other without wavering while stifling any impulse to fix each other up. We offer each other support in going where each needs to go and learning what each needs to learn at each one's pace and depth. And I'll leave it at that. So again, he's talking about what I mentioned earlier that he's promoting, which is a circle of trust, which how he wrote, it isn't a therapy session. What it is, it's coming together to support one another individually, but at the same time coming in union in community to help each other as you go through. And as he wrote, there's a time and place for situations where it's more life-threatening than, yeah, at that point, therapy is needed and it might... I've been in situations before where I've actually had to call 911 for a friend of mine that was threatening to end his life. There's situations where you need that professional help, right? You need to go to therapy when the thoughts become too overbearing and too scary even. But in other moments where if you're in a more healthier place, having this kind of support that he's talking about is really great to help foster that autonomy and at the same time coming into community with it so i think the point of today is knowing that no matter where you're at and uh, your mental health and your own wellness support is always needed i can tell you that right now for me personally i'm actually going to therapy like twice a month in times where i've needed more especially in moments that have been darker for me i've gone every week so it's just knowing that relationship with yourself and knowing what you need and also not being afraid to ask for help. And if you're really scared or new to the idea of going to therapy, reach out to us. We'd be glad to to help break any type of whatever resistance you might have toward it. We'd love to talk you through it and to get you the help that you need. So 
Again, I'll put those links down for Ohana Wellness and BetterHelp. And again, the book that I read a little bit from today was called The Hidden Wholeness by Parker Palmer. But I think that's it. I hope I wish everyone a beautiful November. I'm super excited to see the content that will come through this month on our platform. And definitely stay tuned this month. We'll be having our event on November 18th. So that's super exciting. And yeah, I think that's it for today. So have a beautiful day, everybody, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.